Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Let's thank God for all that we're doing, all that he's allowing us to be a part of in the city. We actually built 32 beds, and um, it was hot out there. I think some people just showed up just because we were doing it at the Okoe Taco Company, and they came just for the food. But man, those tacos are so good. I just, I, you work harder when you're next to a restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to get it over with so you can get inside and get the, get the taco, you know what I'm saying? Taco Tuesday, but on Saturday. Hey, um, I, I'm so thankful for this church and all that God is doing um, here. And, um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to start this church without a launch team. And uh, we have some of our launch team that are here that are visiting today to be a part of um, this. Uh, we're we're going to dedicate some children today. And I'm just thankful whether you were here at the very beginning or you're here today, God's using this church. Yeah. And uh, God can't do God things unless he has God, God's people signed up to do God things. And so when you come and you're a part of this, the kingdom is being advanced. We are a kingdom. We are a kingdom church. Hey, last series that we were just at... Uh, was a teaching series. So all last month we taught you guys on marriage. We were teaching, but this series is not gonna be a, a teaching series. This is gonna be a, what I call a preaching series. And so we, we are gonna preach it hard. We believe we have strong convictions around this idea of bring it. We are gonna give it the best that we possibly or possibly can. Uh, this is a series I wrote down in my notes. This is a series, a series to figure out if you're on the sideline or if you're in the game. Because I just believe this, that God did not design anyone to be on the sideline. He's designed us all to be, all to be in the game. No matter what you do, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mechanic, no matter what you do, God's called us all to be, to be in the game. We will see in this series if you are a player or a pretender. We're gonna see if you're, a, there's a difference between a player and a player. We're gonna see if you're a player or if you're just pretending. We wanna see if you're ready for the kingdom of God because the Bible says the kingdom of God is near and the children of God got a lot of work to do. We're gonna see if you're gonna, if you're going to bring it, we're going to see if you're going to, I, I, I've heard this phrase. My dad used to say this phrase to me growing up. My mom, this, this series is going to separate the, the boys from the men. This is going to be the kind of separate series. I'm not going to leave you guys out, girls. Girl power. I know sisterhood. I get it. This is going to separate the girls from the women. This is going to see if you're an all-in kind of follower of Jesus or you're kind of just, if you're a spectator, if you're a sideliner or if you're actually in the game, because here's what I believe. God's designed all of us to be in the game. God's designed all of us to be a participator in the kingdom of God. At this church, whether you're young or you're a young adult or you're middle-aged or you're old age or you don't want to tell anybody what your age is, no matter where you fit in today, I believe that God has designed all of us to bring it. Turn to your neighbor and say, bring it. Turn to your other neighbor and say, oh, it's been rotten. It's been rotten. It's been rotten. If you're new to the narrative of Jesus, he comes to this earth via Christmas. That's why we celebrate Christmas. There was a little baby that came to this earth and that little baby didn't stay a baby forever. He grew up and became an adult. And as he was learning and growing all throughout his life, he did two things. It's the two things I wanna invite you to be a part of in this series. It's the two things that God's invited us all to be a part of every single day. God did two things. He learned about Jesus and shared the story of Jesus. Like he was learning about God and talking about God. And then he was serving people, giving them beds so they have to sleep on the floor, giving water out so they could have a drink of cold water, helping people in the prison, giving people food. Like he served people, loved people. And then he talked about Jesus. 
That's what God did. And he invites us to do the exact same thing. So throughout the course of this church, from, from the very beginning back in 2015 to today, and hopefully for the next 20 or 30 years, as God would allow Diana to lead this church, we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to help people. That's what we're going to do. And if you come alongside of us, we can go and do it a lot more at a different pace and we can reach a lot more people if we all decide to do it together. So this is a series on Bring It. We're going to figure out if you're in or if you're out. We're playing the hokey pokey. We're putting our whole self in. We're getting all in. We ain't putting just an arm in. Ain't just putting a leg in. Ain't putting just a shoulder in there. We're putting our whole self in. We're shaking. Like we're going to see where we're at in this series. So as we go along the story, Jesus grows up. He learns about his father. He talks about his father. He serves people. The mission's getting too big for Jesus. That's not heresy. It's getting too big for Jesus, so he has to bring in some people. He has to, he has to bring in some, some people who were spectating. He had to bring them into the game. He, he had to give them a jersey and say, hey, it's your turn to, it's your turn to, to bring it. Jesus goes, I've been helping you guys, but we're going to invite some people. And so he finds 12 guys, just 12 guys. A lot can happen with 12 guys. These 12 guys, the Bible says, they went on to turn the world upside down for Jesus Christ. And because of those 12 men, all throughout history, another church came about. It was called the early church. That was what they were, it was called back then. There was no, no denominations. There wasn't Baptists. There wasn't Lutherans. There wasn't Catholics. There wasn't Episcopalians. When we get to heaven, by the way, this is free information. This is a free theology class. When you get to heaven, there's no denominations. There's just Jesus followers. That's all that's there when we get to heaven. Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all going to be there. The Bible says God's coming back again. The kingdom of God is very near, and he's going to separate. The Bible used the word sheep from goats, those that were followers of Jesus and those who weren't followers of Jesus. And there's a real heaven, and there's a real hell. It's just reality. It's what the Bible teaches. And we have to teach the whole Bible. So when we get there, it's just Christians. And if you didn't get there, it's because you weren't a Christian. You weren't a follower of Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, the Bible calls you and I to, to bring it. So we find in the, in the narrative today, there's a story, and Jesus gets these guys. He picks 12 guys, and they were basic bros, just like you and just like me. They were just average. They were fishermen, stinky, smelly fishermen. There was, there was a doctor, and you got to have a doctor around. My chiropractor's here. He's also my brother-in-law. It's good to have a chiropractor. Sometimes I'll be walking around all jankety like this. And Ron's like, just come here. He always tells me face down, bottom up. And then he gets me an adjustment. It works. That's too much information, but that's just that's how it starts in his office. And let me get back to the Bible for that. This thing could go really left, really hard, really fast. <laughs> Someone said, hey, wait, you're, you're so dressed up. I said, well, I, when I dress up, I'm probably going to say something stupid. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just going to, so just let me just get back to this, okay? So he gets these guys, and one guy gets to the story, and they're, these guys are building these churches and doing all these great things for God. And then we get to the very end of Jesus' life, and he says, hey, guys, we're going to go public with this thing, and we're going to start helping everyone and serving people. And they're feeding 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, giving out clothes and underwear and socks. And all the things that we're doing, Jesus did all those things. And he has one guy towards the end of the time. We, we start Jesus' life around Christmas time. We celebrate his birth, but we're getting close to Easter and we celebrate, the, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And so in the narrative today that we read about, the Bible says that one of the guys, he actually sells Jesus out for some money. That's his life. He follows Jesus for years, talking about Jesus, 
serving Jesus, learning from Jesus, and he turns his back on Jesus. I can't imagine going that many years, serving Jesus, following Jesus, talking about Jesus, learning from Jesus, and then turning my back on Jesus. But I realize I do it all the time. We find ourselves in the story today in Acts chapter 1. The Bible says, then the apostles, after, this is after the, res, after the resurrection, after the, after the crucifixion, he's in a tomb. They all turn around and start walking away. They're like, this is it. I mean, everything that we've been living for, it's all over. Like, we've been following Jesus. We've been hanging out with Jesus, and now he's gone. He's in a borrowed tomb. They don't know that he's going to come out of that grave. We're going to celebrate that in just a few weeks. And he does come out of the grave, and they're going to find it out shortly, but we're not there yet. In the story, the Bible says that the apostles, they go back to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance about a half a mile. They walked a half a mile away from the cross. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying at. And here are the names of the guys that are presented. Peter, he was a bringer. John, he was a bringer. James was a bringer. Andrew was a bringer. Philip, he brought it. Thomas brought it. Bartholomew brought it. Matthew brought it. James brought it. Simon brought it. This other guy, Judas, the son of James, there's two of them in the story. The Bible says that they all met together and they were constantly united in prayer. I think the thing that's going to get us to the next level as a church, the thing that's going to get us to the next level as a church in America today is that we got to get more united. The enemy loves to use division. There's a, by the way, there's enough, of, there's enough stuff for us to be divided on, but there's way more stuff to us, for us to be united on. We can be united on the blood of Jesus. Come on, let's thank God that we can be united on the blood of Jesus. We can be united on God's word. Because Lord knows we are not going to be united on po political matters. That's not proven to be, that's not going so well for us. I don't know if you've noticed that. When we get to heaven, by the way, there's no right, there's no left. That's, that's just freebie. So while you get all bent out of shape on this earth, you're going to be really uncomfortable when we get to heaven. Because there's nothing to fight about when we get to heaven. And I, the, my Bible, the, the Bible I read, the Bible says we ought to live on earth like we're going to live when we get to heaven. So there's enough division. Okay, that was, that's another week, another sermon. Let's be unified. He says that we can be unified. Um, so he says here in verse 14, he's got these guys, they met together, they were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brother of Jesus. Verse 15, during this time when Peter about, went, went, went about, during this time when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and he addressed them. He's like, hey guys, listen up. Listen up, Hope Church, brothers and sisters. The scripture had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, the guy that portrayed Jesus for the money. Like the, the Bible recorded that, that was going to happen back in the book of Psalms. Jesus is going to have to do this. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David in the book of Psalms. Judas was one of us, and he shared in the ministry of us. Like Judas was one of us, but now he's turned his back on Jesus. Judas had bought a field with the money he received from his treachery. Falling headfirst there, the Bible says he takes his life. His body split open. He spilled out all of, his, all of his intestines. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place this name, the field of blood. Judas turns his back on Jesus for some money. Judas goes and buys this piece of property, and then he takes his life. Now, this part of the story, I'm checked out. I'm like, wow, if I'm a disciple, I'm like, I've had enough of this. Like, this is terrible. The guy that every day we'd go get the money from to feed the hungry, 
the guy that we'd go get money from to give the, the water, the guy that we used to, the, the, the guy that we would come get the money from to go help these people who were being rescued out of sex trafficking as a church. And we have partners all around the world. We go get the money and the money that we send to India to help those long, young little girls there in India. And the, part, the guy that we'd come get the money from to go help the people around the world in Ukraine, we just made a donation. We're sending people and money to Ukraine. The, the guy that they would come get the money from to go help all the people every single day to feed the 5,000, to helping the lady who was being rescued out of a bad situation. The money, money guy, he's taken his life. I would be checked out. Anybody else with me on that? But the Bible says that they don't do that. Here's what, the, here's what these guys, this guy decides to do. So Peter goes, hey guys, this is written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. He's like, he's gone. Judas is gone. We gotta keep on going. There's been times in my life where I felt abandoned. There's been times in my life where I felt empty or alone, but the Bible says that these guys felt that, but they said, hey, we're gonna keep on going. We're not gonna stop. We're gonna keep on going. So he says, so hey guys, here's Peter. I like Peter's crazy. This is the guy that cut, this is the guy that cuts the Roman soldier's ear off when they came to get Jesus, that Peter. And Jesus is like, Peter, don't do that. Picked up the guy's ear and put it back on his ear. Like that, that's the Peter. Peter's the kind of guy that says the things that he shouldn't says shouldn't say. Peter's the kind of guy that was, he's rough around the edge. He's like, you know, you know he had a good heart, but he did some things that he shouldn't have done. That's the Peter we find in the story. So he gets the troops together and says, hey guys, we got to choose a replacement for Judas from the men that are right here with us in this room of 120 guys. Verse 22, from the time he was baptized by John till the day that he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two guys, Joseph and a guy named Matthias. Then they all prayed, O oh Lord, you, are, you know every heart. Show, which, show us which guy to choose as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. I want to give you three things today, three things I think we all got to buy into today. Three things that are going to help this church Keep on going. The, the same things that these guys bought into today, we got to buy into them also. Sometimes people are like, man, I want to see God do the same things they did in the Bible. We're not doing the things that are in the Bible, so we can't see the things that God did in the Bible. In this book right here, they find out that he resurrected, and in one, in one day, thousands of people gave their life to Christ. And a few chapters later, three or four more thousand people gave their life to Christ. In a matter of about four chapters, it went from a few Christians to over 20,000 Christians in just a few chapters of the Bible. I would like to suggest to you today, if we wanna see what we see in the Bible, we're gonna have to do what we saw in the Bible. These guys are like, are y'all ready? Like, we gotta, we, he's, guys, we're gonna have to bring it. Like, he's gone, the mission doesn't stop, we gotta go. I wanna give you three things that, that I think will help you are the three things I think will help this church go into the next generation and be a church that does more for the kingdom than we've ever done. Here's the, here they are, number one. We will not be a church that slows down. They, they looked around and, and, and Peter says, hey guys, we can't slow down. Like there's a lot of people that are dying and going to hell in our city with or without a bed. We're gonna help them. We cannot be a church that slows down. We have to keep on going. He says here, we, we guys, we got to find our pace and we can't slow down. I want to encourage you today that God has a pace 
that he wants you to run. And you got to get in that pace. And hopefully in your pace, it revolves around building the kingdom of God. I'm all for your job. I'm all for your 401k and the B and the C and the D, whatever it is that you got. But if you don't have kingdom stuff in your pace, you're not doing what God's called you to do. You've got to have some kingdom stuff in your pace. He's called us all to build the kingdom of God. We can do more if we all do it together. You've heard me say this at the very beginning of this church, the old African proverb, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go with some people. We will not be a church that slows down. The disciples said, we got to keep on moving. We can't stop. There are souls that need to be saved. We will not be a church that slows down. Here's the second thing. We will not be a church that stops. We will not be a church that stops. This would have stopped me. If my best friend in ministry that I've been rolling with for years takes his life, I'd be like, there can't be a God. I've been in season, we've been in seasons of church where we've seen a lot of incredible God things happen, but we've also seen some things that I've been like, what in the world? I remember when I, when I turned the news on and saw those tsunamis happen around the world and, and I'd be thinking, God, where are you at? Any, anybody? I've, I've, been on the, I've been all around the world and going to Costa Rica this summer. I've been all around the world from Africa to, to Asia, South America, Central America. I've been all around the world and I see things. I'm like, God, where are you at? And I think the disciples are having that kind of moment. And you know what they did? They didn't go, God, where are you at? I guess we'll stop. I guess we're done. Peter says, hey, guys, we won't stop. We won't slow down. And we will not be a church that stops because if we stop, there'll never be a hope church. If we stop, there'll never be a church at Ephesus. If we stop, there'll never be a church at Corinth. If we stop, there'll never be a church at Thessalonica. All these little books that we see all throughout the end of the Bible. If we stop, there will be no church at Philippi and Galatians and Corinthians and Romans. There will be no church if we stop. We will not slow down and we will not stop. He just says, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Like, we're going to pick another guy. Can I, can I say this to you? I, I, I like this idea. God's going to build the church with or without you. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to pass me. I don't want God to say, you know what, Wes isn't going to do it, so I'm going to give my gift. I'm going to give all Wes's gifts to Dave Clurge. He'll use them. Dave Clurge comes every single Sunday by himself. He's not waiting for his mom and dad to bring him to church. He's come by himself. Every Sunday morning, you'll find him right there on the front row, hands raised. If you watch the live stream, he's blocking the whole live stream. It doesn't even matter. We don't care. Like he's there. He's just there worshiping Jesus. He's, he doesn't care. There's been times in his life, in his journey. It's, can I tell you what it is? I'll just give you guys a little look into a lot of our students' life. It's hard to come to church without your mom and dad when you walk around and see everybody else is coming with their mom and dad. Not for Dave Clerch. There's been seasons once he, when he's wanted to slow down. There's been seasons where he wants to stop, but he keeps on showing them he's faithful. Dave Clerch serves in kids' church. Dave Clerch is going to go home. I don't know what he's going to do when he goes home, but eventually he's going to get grab his sister and fill his car up, and he's going to roll in the church site for youth group at 6 p.m. 5.30 if he's on leadership. And the reality is that he said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm, I'm going in. I'm going to bring it. I don't need my mom or dad to tell me. If you ask my, 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 my dad and my mom, they, really my dad was like, hey, take over this family business. All of my mom's friends like, hey, you need to be a reporter. You need to, be a, you need to talk. And I'm like, I am. I'm never going to stop talking. Now I'm just talking about Jesus. My whole life, there's been seasons where I've woke up at this church and thought, oh my goodness. There was a season... There was a season when we woke up one month and 40 people were gone. Top givers, top servers, top leaders. I looked at our trustees, I'm like, oh, we are in trouble. And God says, you know, you're not gonna stop and you're not gonna slow down. But those things wanna make me stop. 
You know, the hardest part of this job are people that we love and we serve and we do their weddings and we dedicate their babies and we serve them. They say, you know, we're out of here. We'll give you all, we've given them all we could possibly give and they leave. That'll make you want to stop, won't it? My, my mom and dad are the most givingest people I've ever known. I've watched them give to people and those people turn their backs and, and then they, and when those people eventually turn their backs back to my mom and dad, my, my mom and dad will give them again. I was like, yeah, you guys are being bad stewards. <laughs> I learned one of our core values is generosity. I learned that from my mom and my dad. It's, it's really easy for me to be generous to people who are generous to me. But these guys, they're gonna, like, I'm gonna be generous to people who turn their back on us. That hurts. We've all been hurt. My buddy in Texas and Dallas right now, a church that we help support, he's preaching a series right now called Church Hurt. And I'm here today for some of you guys, this is for someone here, I don't know who it's for. I'm calling bull garbage on Church Hurt. This church never, church never hurt anybody. Sinner, a sinner might have hurt you. But sinners are gonna hurt us until the day we get home, until we get to heaven. I've offended my dad. I, 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 my dad's my brother in Christ. I've offended my dad spiritually. He's offended me too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I have. We've all, we're all gonna, but my dad's like, you know what, church, my dad's like, church hurt. My son hurt me. You, you, we're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be offended. I'm not, I don't have to ask you to raise your hand, but everyone in this church has been offended by a Christian because they're not perfect. Should we do better? Yes, I'm raising my hand. Should I do better? Yes. Should we all do better? Yes. But we can't be like, you know what? I'm gonna stop, somebody hurt me. I'm gonna stop, so-and-so. I'm gonna slow down because so-and-so. We're not doing this for so-and-so. I don't even know, so-and-so ain't thinking about you. You're doing it for the kingdom of God. We're gonna build the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. My sister helped, my sister and Berlin helped us launch this church. They're not here for me. They might have came at the very beginning, but they're here because they want to change the world. Yeah. And this, this happens to be the venue that they're doing it with. That's what we do. Yesterday, uh, Friday, I got to spend some time with Jessica and Eloy. They helped us launch this church. They're not doing it for me. She's a sassy Puerto Rican chick. She ain't doing it for me. She'll do whatever she wants. If she don't want to do it, she'll stumble in my face. She don't care. You don't mess with the Latinas. I've learned that. Learned that. Yeah. It's free advice. If you're in here today and you're like, I'm thinking about marrying a Latina chick, don't. Better have thick skin, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Keep going, keep going, Pastor West, keep going. We're not doing this for anybody else, but for the Peter's like, hey guys, this ain't about us. Yeah. Guys, I, I hate that happened to Judas. I really hate that, but we weren't doing it. We, we, we have a mission, we still have a mission. Yeah. We still have a vision. Here's the last thing. We will not be a church that sleeps. We're not gonna bow our head and close our eyes and walk away from the things that matter, God. We won't sleep. We're gonna, we're gonna bring it. We're gonna, this is a church that's gonna, that's gonna bring it. You know, our goal is to get this thing. We, there are some Sundays where we have 400 people, 425 people in here today. This church started with 30 people. That's a lot in seven years. And the average size church in America is 50 people. Our youth group will have 50 kids tonight. We're, we're gonna tear this thing down and come on. Yeah, let's thank God. <clears throat> we're gonna leave. We're gonna break this thing down today. And we're gonna shift a lot of it into that lobby. And we're gonna fill that lobby up because we're not gonna sleep on the next generation. We've put too much time, we're resourcing it, we're gonna give it all that we've got, we've hired people, your generosity allows us to hire people to get people like, we're not gonna sleep on the next generation. You know what else we're not gonna sleep on? We're not gonna sleep on our marriages. We're gonna work on our marriages because they need to be worked on. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna sleep on the next generation. 
The enemy is out there trying to pull young boys and girls away from the kingdom of God. We're not going to sleep on the next generation. We're not going to sleep on reaching more people. We're going to bring it. We're not going to sleep on helping people know God. We're going to bring it. We're not going to sleep on helping people find freedom. We're going to bring it. We're not going to sleep on helping people figure out their purpose for their life because everybody wants to know their purpose for their life is. We will not be a church that sleeps. We will be a church that brings it. Does anybody want to bring it with me today? Come on. We're going to bring it. Hey, there's way too much at stake for us not to bring it. There's just way too much at stake. Hey, church, heaven is real. I was talking to a friend of mine today. She said, I don't really know if I, I if heaven, just, this just go along with common sense. If heaven's real, then hell's real. They're both real. I don't care what you believe. This Bible tells me they're both real. And those that know them, spend turning heaven, there is way too much at stake. We're not starting midweek because Diane and I were like, you know what? We don't have anything on Thursday nights. I think this is going to be a good idea. We want to fill one more night of the week. We just realized there's young adults that are dying and going to hell, and we want to stop them. Like, we want to get in the way of them as they're going to hell, and we just want to be a gatekeeper. It's hard with skinny pants. We just want to get right in front of that door of them going to hell, and we want to stop them from going in. We just want to post up. The Bible talks about gatekeepers. We're, we're, Diane and I, God's called Diane to be gatekeepers. Craig and Chantel Copco, gatekeepers. Gatekeepers for the kingdom of God. Open up their house every Sunday so people can find freedom. Gatekeepers. This church needs some more gatekeepers. We need some more gatekeepers. We're just gonna get right in front and we're just gonna stop them. Because eternity is real. Heaven is real and hell is real. So we're just gonna stop people from, from going in. We're just gonna post up right out there. Our backs are on fire. We're just gonna block hell. So no one has to go through. Not on our watch. God didn't send us out to this city to sell our home. We like living next to Jessica and Eloy. We liked it out there. Late night ice creams before we all had 20 kids apiece. But we like living out there. We moved out here because God said, hey, there's a city. People are coming from all around the world to move to this city. And they need Jesus. And so that's why we're here. And we can't stop. We can't slow down. And we can't sleep. Because if we do, they're going to they're gonna miss out on God. And we don't want that to happen on our watch. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, <clears throat> I'm glad you're here today. I don't know where you're at in this, in this thing called the journey of God, but faith journey, I don't know where you're at. But if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's what we were, basically that's what we're talking about. We're talking about helping people have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you just take a moment where you're at and would you say, Jesus, I need a relationship with you. I admit that I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. Today I'm, today I'm committing my life to you, Jesus. You can have my life. Forgive me of all my sins. And just tell them, thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Secondly, there's some of you guys are gonna tell you, you already are a Christian, but you're not bringing it. Can I challenge you to get off the sideline? No judgment. Just God didn't call you to live on the sideline. The sideline's boring. There are no souls on the sideline. They're all, they're all out in the world. We have to go reach them. People are not lining up to get into church on Sunday morning. The people that are here today are because somebody brought them. Somebody decided they were gonna bring it. Peter, James, John, and it trickled down to somehow it got to, to Craig Kilnan and Ed Trinkle, and that got to West Beecham and to, to Diana Beecham, and, and we just we got here. 
when we got here, we just kept on, just kept on going with it. And so now it's your turn to bring it so the next generation of lost people can give their life to Jesus. Lord, we're so thankful today. We're thankful that we get a chance to build kingdom and to be a part of kingdom advancement. We're so thankful for that. God, thank you for the opportunity we get to serve and to love this city. We're so thankful that on our watch, nobody has to, nobody has to go to hell because we're gonna be there blocking the gates. Lord, may we be great, uh, great gatekeepers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.